As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello everybody and welcome to your most favorite show ever, it's Under the Radar! Part of the Athletic Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It's Halloween time. The season's over. Uh, so close. This 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 close to uh, fulfilling the OOTP prophecy of the Rays winning the whole thing over the Dodgers. But such is life. Today's episode, the awards banquet. With me as always, my friend and yours. I love awards. My friend and yours, Ian God. What's up, my friends? It's good to be back. We were off for a week. It's a pleasure to be back with my dude. So today's the awards banquet show. We're giving out some awards, and it's not like, you know, just before you go, ugh, uh, it's not like fantasy MVP, even though that's one of them. We got a most underrated fun fact, um, player I changed my view on completely, craziest part of 2020, our favorite Ian sound effect. Uh, we're going to give away the pediatrician of the year award, the first ever here. Um, I have, and I have news on that. Right, one. Yeah. I have news on that front, but that's not the news. But I do have news on the on the Doctor Thomas. Uh, he front. quit in a huff of anger. Uh, no, right. most assuredly not. He came in most handy this week. Okay, all right, and give but you wouldn't believe share it. your news with us, please. All right, well, all right. Should, should I share the Doctor Thomas or no? I'll hold off on the Doctor Thomas till we get to the to the pediatrician of the year. So, um, I do have news. So, you know, last year, if you guys remember, it was like February or so. Or January, I think it was. And I went on MLB Network, right? And I had a, what I thought was a really great experience. I did the hour with Brian Kenny, John Hart, Jason Stark. And they were like, you're great. Wow, you really know your stuff. Holy smoke, you're talking about the Arizona-Pittsburgh trade. Like, actually, that's how we can know what day it Christian was. Robinson. Because it, it was, right. And I'm sitting there going, it's got to be Christian Robinson. How are they? And it was not Christian Robinson. But anyway, they were like, wow, you really know a lot about this stuff. You're not just an actor. I'm like, I know a little bit. <laughs> You're not just an actor. So, like, we can't wait You're to have you. You're not just Marty Decker. <laughs> Marty Decker. You're the Marty Decker. I do have, actually, I'll show you. I found a postcard of Marty Decker where it says, uh, Adventure Capitalist. You're only lucky if you believe you are. <laughs> and I'm one big believer. Anyway, uh, that really was my favorite part, even more than Washington. Uh, don't, don't, don't tell the historian people that. But 
Um, so, but then I never heard anything. And so in my head, you know, you go, ah, did I say something wrong? Did I do something wrong? Like there was one particular thing that I thought I did that was really stupid, which was they gave me an office to change in. And I thought it was like my, with John Smoltz uses that office when he's there. And I think Bob Costas uses that office. And I was like, wow, I got a really good, you know, I got a really good thing. So I changed and like, I changed clothes twice cause I was nervous and stuff. I'm sorry, wait, can I just, uh, sorry to interrupt the story. Did you change your clothes because you were sweating through them? Uh, no, because I was like, I was like, this doesn't look right. I, I brought two suits for a reason. All right, I'm changing suits. Or I think I was changing shirts. Either way, I thought it was like my dressing room because in the TV world, like you get a dressing room, it's yours. Turns out I come back in after I'm done and John Smoltz's stuff is like laid out there. His office is a wreck. And so I thought to myself that John Smoltz was like, whoever just used my office should never come back. So anyway, I never heard back from them. And I was like, ah, that's too bad. I thought that was a pretty good fit. So then about three or four days ago, I get an email saying, hey, Ian, it's the off season. Uh, we're setting up our things for when, you know, for guests to come on to MLB Now with Brian Kenny. And we really want you to come back. And these are the dates. Which date would you want? And I was like, oh, that's really awesome. So I'm going to be going. It looks like I'm going back on MLB uh, Network, which is pretty darn exciting. And, I'm, and that's my that's my little bit of news. What date are you doing? Uh, well, the date I said that was great was October, uh, November 16th. Very nice. So that was the first date because they gave me like four dates. I was like, I'll take the first one. That way, if I'm really good, you'll bring me back for the you know, one of the other dates. <laughs> Always but, singing like an actor. Know, <laughs> no, man. I mean, look, there's a, there's a lot of positivity that came out of that experience. So, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Stand by for the tune in alert. Yeah, so there will be a tune in alert hopefully if if that and it may, you know, it may go away forever and I may be like, yeah, well, you know, I think they forgot me. But they didn't and they're bringing me back. So, tip of the hat to Ellen Adair who was the one who brought my name up to them in the first place and sort of got me there. Uh and it was really fun. It was a, a unique day and a unique experience. That's awesome. All right, it's the awards banquet. Uh just imagine us all in tuxedos. Um a lot of categories here. I have well, 12. I don't know if it's a lot. Um, sent them last night. So, you know, we'd have a chance to look. So it's not an on the spot kind of stuff, but DVR. That was appreciated, by the way. This the DVR didn't fill it out, which is pretty hurtful. <laughs> he did partially. He too. He got, he he got, got two. He got two. I did. I did say, all right, I think I got to fill these out. So let's, let's start with the negative one, get it out of the way because, uh, we like to be positive here, but I think it's, it's imperative that we bring up disappointment of the year. Uh, Ian Kahn. Go ahead. My disappointment of the year is Chris Bryant. Um, I uh, paid for Chris Bryant in a couple of different spots. Though, now that I'm thinking about it, I think as much disappoint as disappointing as Chris Bryant was, I have to say Craig Kimbrell, right? Don't I? I mean, that that has to be the egg on the face. Because it did... I, I think the Kimbrell uh, situation... Well, I think I got around it in GDD in finishing second. I don't think saves killed me. And I, I don't think anybody was catching Steve anyway. But Chris Bryant was a player who I did grab in a number of different spots, really expecting a rebound breakout, and we just didn't get it. So that was pretty disappointing. Is that going to last into next year? Is this like a, a hangover, Chris Bryant hangover? I mean, I I, I own him in the – I co-own him with Steve Gardner in XFL, and we've got him at a pretty decent price on a really nice contract. Uh, almost moved him over the last week. But the reality is that that's one of those players in Dynasty that you really can't move right now, right? Because if you do, and DVR has an answer for this because he owns him in a Dynasty League. If you move him now, you're getting 40 cents on the dollar of what he could be. 
So I think you really just have to hope that the that the offseason heals him up completely, no shoulder issues, and he comes back in next year and starts doing something. And then when he starts having his Chris Bryant moments, um, even when the underlying numbers are just not positive, then you can move him. But I think you gotta you're sort of stuck with him. Don't you agree, DVR? I think that's kind of the forced hold situation that I'm dealing with right now. I think it's you know, it's frustrating to think that if you moved him right now, that's all you would get. It's possible you'll get less in the future if the shoulder doesn't heal, but you'd rather take the chance on that bounce back because the quality of the return goes up kind of disproportionately to what you'd get right now. So you have to take advantage of that if you can. DVR. Yeah, that's how I feel. DVR, who's your guy? I'm going to go with Victor Robles. I was actually tweeting about him yesterday, and it's just that he stopped running. 28 steals in 2019, four in 2020. Four. Of all the things... How did he not run more? I know OBP is not necessarily going to be a strength for him. He's not going to be a guy that's always going to hit at the top of the order. He's probably more of a bottom third guy in the short term. But the fact that he didn't do more in that category, even with a bad slash line as a concern, there were red flags in the form of low exit velocities in the offseason. But for a player as young as he was, I thought he'd be likely to increase over time in that area. And I thought he'd kind of support the power that he showed us in 2019. Nothing went right for Victor Robles in 2020, and he was about a fifth-round pick in a 15-team league, right? A top 75 sort of guy. Probably going to fall to the 150 range or so, based on what we saw in the Justin Mason two early mocks. And I just, I thought he was safe for the speed at a minimum, but I thought he had other ways, including power, to make up some value if he didn't run as much as we expected. So total bust sort of year for Robles. I'm big on Robles coming into next year. Well, the I, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, this is very reactionary, the two early mocks. I think when, when we turn around and the calendar comes back to, like, February or March, uh, people are going to be softer on their views, right? Like, Ian, you're all in on them. I'm sure you'd bump them up to, like, 100, 100 maybe even inside the top 100. Uh, 120, but I mean, if he's at 150, I'm grabbing him. Also, they're just, I, you know, we go back to the freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. He is finally moving into his sophomore year. He's extremely young. He's 23 this year. He's going to be 24 next year. Um, I think he's going to feel stronger, more confident. Um, I think that whole team was just destroyed this year. Um, and I think that, I think there's upside for Robles at this, at the price that he's going right now at 150. You know, then you're looking at the number three, your number three or four outfielder. I think in 2020, he was being looked at as a number two by most people. I didn't have him. If I did, it was maybe one spot I grabbed him because I needed speed desperately kind of thing. Um, but I do think, you know, this is when you buy. This is when you buy, but the, the underlying stats on him are not very good. So it's, it's up in the air, but I, 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 I tried to acquire him in a deal. Uh, last week with Jeff Erickson, which did not come to pass. You do I was going to say, man, when do you sleep? Uh, I No, I sleep. I, it's just that when everyone else is playing fantasy football, I'm calling people about fantasy baseball, and it's the best. You think he'd be a good fantasy oh, football player, DVR? Yeah, I think so. It's The thing that works against Ian in fantasy football, though, is there are so few teams willing to trade Yeah, by comparison, right? It's just it's a harder path to improve your team, comparatively speaking, but Ian's a good player and a bright guy. He'd do fine. I it's did just, fine. I mean, trading I, is your strength, though. Like taking that away, I think forces you to do some other things. I don't know if it's. Well, I mean, that's kind of that's like yeah, that's one of those Ian backhanded compliments. 
Yeah, it really kind of was. Uh, it's okay. Uh, no, I mean, it's a strength. But uh, my problem with fantasy football is this, injuries. I don't like playing in a game where your ACL, the ACLs are dropping like, you know, I, I just don't like that. And it's such a extreme, I, it's just not my game anymore. I, I played it for a couple of years. I was pretty successful. I did well. The people do make trades in fantasy football if you get them on the phone. But um, I just, <laughs> I, yeah, it's just not my game anymore. It's just, I played football growing up. I was a good football player. I was a middle linebacker and I was pretty damn good and punter and tight end. But I just, I I got my bell rung so many times by, you know, <laughs> not such big guys and watching really big guys run into other really big guys just has become unpalatable to me. DVR, um, when you when you put together all the stuff that Ian did, you know, football player, baseball catcher, do you get the impression that he was kind of a jerk in high school? <laughs> no, I don't really have right. any any read on that situation. <laughs> Rolling with the cool guys, <laughs> chucking kids into lockers, that kind of stuff? Most definitely not. Are you kidding? I don't know. I'm not. There's I no. I can see that. No, no. No, no. I was also an actor, though, right? So I was also hanging out with all the geeks, which of which I considered myself one in the theater world, right? So, you know, it, it, also, I went to a very nice school. It was a very progressive school. But no, 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 no. I was the guy who got his... You know who I was? I was the guy who got his ass kicked... Because I was pretty big in high school. I was, I was like full size in ninth grade, like almost how big I am now. So there were the bullies who were in 11th grade and 12th grade who were beating up on the ninth graders. I would then step in and go, why are you going to do that? Why don't, you, why don't you not be a bully? Why don't you be a good guy? And they would go, oh, really? Well, then why don't we kick your ass? And so it was my ass. I got my ass kicked quite a bit. And it just so happens that all those boys that Ian defended happened to have beautiful younger or older sisters. No, no, no. I was just a, I was just a, I was just a punk. I mean, I was just, you know, but no, I, I wasn't, I wouldn't consider myself one of the quote cool kids because I was always focused on my acting career. Gotcha. I always wanted to be an actor. Well, it worked. There you, you know? go, man. See? Hey, yeah. at least for a minute. Yeah. Now I'm going to be on MLB Network, which is going to be fun, hopefully. Uh, so my guy was Shed Long. I thought uh, I was expecting a lot from Shed Long and just complete collapse. And now it doesn't even look like he's going to have a starting role next year. Um, all right, stat I'm going to dismiss for 2021. I think I'm going to dismiss Danny Jansen's batting average. I think he's better than the 188 I think he finished with. Um, and I could see him hitting, you know, 260 next year. He's an, he's an on-base guy. I think it was just a short season with a lot of new pitchers to learn. So I'm giving him a pass. Uh, DVR. I'm going to the top of the board on the pitching side. Shane Bieber's strikeout rate. A 41.1% strikeout rate for a starter is crazy good. 14.2 Ks per nine, if you prefer that metric. I mean, Shane Bieber's better than anybody ever thought, but I don't think that holds in the long run. I don't think that can hold in the long run for a starting pitcher, right? That's just not, that's not sustainable. So it's interesting to see Bieber in the mix to be a first rounder in some of these early drafts that we're seeing. I don't think I'm going to have him anywhere if that ends up being the consistent price to get him throughout the next four to five months. He's got to be the first pitcher off the board, doesn't he? DeGrom has the best case because it's a multi-year track record of being at that level. But, I mean, those are the three, isn't it? I mean, I can't think of anybody else who's in that I wouldn't category. put Bauer's either. flashing up there for some people. Nah, Bauer can't be in there. Bauer can't be in there for me. Not for me. Not in that top three. Because 2019 is too fresh in my mind. Bieber was just so dominant. Bieber's been on this trajectory. You know, like yeah. Bieber's like getting better every year in, in everything. Trevor Bauer has some of those four-plus years. You know, he's kind of a you-don't-know-what-he's-going-to-do-next yeah. kind of thing. 
I, I, I don't trust. I, don't, I mean, I've got Bieber. I had Bieber in my last, and I've got to do my new Dynasty rankings, darn it. But um, I was waiting for the World Series to be over, and then I was like, I bet, I guess I better do this. But I have Shane Bieber at 11 on uh, in on my Dynasty ranking as my number one pitcher. Uh, Cole at 13, Bueller at 16, um, and DeGrom all the way down to 29. But that's Dynasty. That's not uh, first, you know, year to year. So I think the shine's off to Grom a little bit. I don't know the shine's off. It's just he's getting older. You know, I mean, you're running out of years where he can do it with Bieber. He's so very young that even if he got TJ surgery, he would come back and still have eight years. He's 20. What is he? 26 or something? Sounds about right. Yeah. 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 Uh, Ian, what's the stat you're going to dismiss for 2021? You know, I, I and I'm going to rely on Derek for this one. Derek, I've never said that. DVR for this one. Um, I'm going to go with Christian Yelich. I, I think that uh, I didn't own him this year anywhere. I was a little worried. Um, I was a little worried coming into the year, as, as I have expressed. As I expressed, but 76 strikeouts and 200 at bats is outrageous. Um, I mean, that's you know over 600 at bats. That's over 200 strikeouts. Something was up. And, you know, to use Nando's idea, maybe it was an injury of some kind. But the 205 average, I mean, I'm not taking him in the top seven. I've got guys who I want ahead of Yelich. Uh, but if he's falling and dropping to the end of the first round, that's somebody who I would buy low on. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right. Uh, player, I wish I got 162 games so I could really tell if he was legit. Uh, for me, it was Yoshi Susugo. I didn't think he was going to hit this low of an average. He had a couple little flashes of good in there. But I think just the chaos of this being your first year in the majors and then trying to hit for power and then, you know, trying to carve out a role in a way with a team that, you know, puts you in and out and moves you around a little bit. I think over 162 games next year, hopefully they're 162. Um, Susugo is going to flash and I think it's going to be exciting. And I don't think a lot of people are going to be on him, but let me ask you, Nando, he didn't play in the postseason at all. Yeah. Like, I mean, do you think that he's ever going to get to that 162? Like, do they like him? Well, maybe. All right. So maybe, you know, 162 was more of a vague. No, no, no it's a fair, yeah. it's, no, no, it was right. I just worry that they don't, they, they didn't like him. Like they didn't play him in the biggest spots. I, I didn't say bad things about your Christian Yelich. It's true. <laughs> no, I don't know. I think I don't. I, I hope I don't want to read too much into it. I would assume that it's just kind of like one of those things where maybe take the off season, get right because we know you're good. But right now, like we got some guys we trust a little more. Mm, yeah, that's why. I mean, he still hit eight home runs in fifty games. So you know, for a rookie, for a twenty eight year old rookie, not bad. I just it's not bad. It's not bad. I, and I love the Far East players. I love them. 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on those guys, but I don't know. I just, I, I, I would love to see him on a different team where he was going to play more. Anyone on the, on the Rays, oh, it just makes me nervous. Rays and A's, man. Just, I, I, well, the A's a little less now, but. Yeah, yeah. But the Rays are, I mean, you know, they, they play good baseball, but it's not great for fantasy. It's like, I never will take a, a Rays closer and I'll, I, I will avoid most, I mean, somebody like Brandon Lau, who knows? Like he might get not be hot. And then all of a sudden Joey Wendell moves to second and then Sitsu goes at third. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um, DVR, I see you've entered an answer. There were three <laughs> that, that I thought about. about. That <laughs> <laughs> it really was. So I think Cabrian Hayes is probably an industry wide. Wish we could have seen more from him, right? Everybody wanted, we got 24 games from him. We got half, less than half of a season from Cabrian Hayes. And he was second in WRC plus if you set the minimum to 50 plate appearances. Only Juan Soto had a better WRC plus than Cabrian Hayes. Uh, so we, what is he going to be over a full season, or who is he going to be over a full season? Definitely a, a worthwhile question. I think Randy Arozarena getting a chance to play deep Ooh, in the postseason. That was your probably, guy. That was your guy. Probably scratch that itch a little bit, getting to play deep into October, right? And I think for me, I'm on Dominic Smith. He only played 50 games, but they were 50 great games. 10 yes. homers, drove in 42 runs, had a 316, 377, 616 line. Dominic Smith basically matched the slash line of Jose Abreu. Didn't hit quite as many home runs per plate appearance, but that's the level he reached yep. in terms of his overall offensive production, which is really impressive. I think there were a lot of concerns about where he was going to play in this lineup. Uh, I think if Universal DH doesn't stick around for next season, which the current rumblings are that it won't, it'll it'll go really? away for a year and then come back. I, I really hope that's not the case. He's I'm one sorry. of those guys who'd be weirdly affected by it, but he's he hit so well this season, it shouldn't impact him. No. That performance is a performance that you find a spot for in your lineup and somebody else gets squeezed. So I'll, I'll give my award to Dominic Smith, but all three of those guys I think were, were strong candidates for me. Nice. Yeah. Dominic Smith was a huge pickup for me in Tower Wars and really carried me in the middle of this very short season. I mean, he was really fantastic. It's just crazy to think, like, going back to June, the shows that we were doing, <laughs> and we actually got a season out of this. It's pretty cool, mm. right? Yeah, uh, without yeah. question. Back to the gratitude. I thought you were setting yourself up to say something else. No, All just right, back okay. to the gratitude. I've said it enough times. All Everyone right. knows what I'm saying. Uh, favorite Ian sound effect. Mine was the. Wait, I didn't uh, get to do. I didn't, I didn't get to do my uh, one. Oh, we skipped you. Oh, I'm sorry. My bad. You just talked so much. No, worries, I no worries. you did. Go ahead. Yeah. Fair enough. Wait, what? <laughs> wait, wait, what? Um. All right. So I'm going to say this, and it's probably not going to be. Um. He's going to be mentioned more than once in this run. But Dylan Moore to me, uh, I, I I feel he is legit. But if we could have seen him, I wish he didn't have the injury issues that he had um, where he got hit by pitches. Um, so that would have been better. Uh, but, you know, the, the guy who I'm comparing him to, which is outrageous to do, is Trevor Story. If you look at the season of Story, Story had a better batting average. But if you look at the speed and power combo, owning Story for the first time this year, which I'll talk about in a, in a little while. Um, you know, the, the the serenity of seeing that home run show up and then that stolen base show up and seeing it with Dylan Moore, I, I'd like to see him do that over 162 games and then I've got a guy forever. Yeah, this is, for this this question's more about the curiosity for me. Um, I don't know. 
I just, I, I just, it was a good question. Yeah. What? Oh, yeah, it's a good question. question right? It's a good, good category. Yeah, good Awards banquet. No question. Uh, favorite Ian sound effect. DVR, what was yours? I'd like the James Anderson ding as my favorite, probably because it was the first one. He was the first person who had his own sound effect on the show. I think most of the sound effects are good. Most. I don't know, man. I just. What's I, the one that you don't like? Is it the one that is going to be my favorite one? <laughs> I guess so. All right. Well, All right. Just, well, let's keep going. Jump right to that. So you should do it. Okay. So my favorite sound effect is for my greatest rival in the game, who I have to say I called because he never called me. And I was like, dude, you have to call me because when you won DL1 and you won and you beat me in GDD, I called you. And so he's like, I know, I know, I know. Um, and so the the my biggest rival in this game is Alex Cushing because he's ridiculous. He's so freaking good. Um, and I did beat him. Robert Mershak and I beat him by 35 points in DL1. I think it was 35 points uh, with 146 points. And then I beat him in GDD. I came in second. He came in third. Stevie C came in first. But he is the reason I wake up in the morning and think about fantasy baseball is to just be better than this guy. It's gotten better. Because he, he is Darth Vader it's of better. fantasy baseball. He's just dominant. It is getting better. Yeah, it is getting better. Because I think when the sound effects started, it sounded kind of like what I imagine uh, oh, breathing no. class to be like oh, when, you, when you go with your wife to like, work on, on the birthing, breathing. Oh, man. That's what I heard at first. That, your, your Cushing Darth Vader sound is getting better. Thank you. I, I'm working at it. I'm I'm being conscious of it, um, and I I'm trying to improve it because it is. You haven't played with him long enough, Derek. You don't know him as well as Nando and I do. Uh, but how ridiculously good the guy is! I mean, he's like it's like trying to beat Darth Vader in a in a sword fight. You can beat him, but you need uh, the force on your side. It's a saber. It's not it's a lightsaber. It's not a sword. Oh, right. probably pretty good. He'd probably be pretty good with a sword, though. So we'll accept Vader. It. Oh yeah, he would, yeah. He, would, he would mess you up. He yeah. would mess you up. But so Cushing is just uh, is just crazy. All right, Nando. All right, um, I was a Glenn Colton bang. Um, really? It, yeah. I well, mean, you know why? Because the three of us will just kind of randomly say Glenn Colton's name in the course of talking. Yeah, and then you've got to. It's it's almost like testing Ian. Whereas you're the, you're really the only one who says James Anderson. Um, Ding. Yeah. So <laughs> so I don't know. I, th- I find the Glenn Colton one a little because I just picture you in your room. Like, just waving your arms wildly to find an empty space and desk to bang. <laughs> well, you know, he is, he is as I tell him all the time, and he had a tough year here in 2020. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. He's the, he is the, uh, he, he is, he and Rick together are two of the best that ever played this game, period. Yeah, I agree. Sorry. Actually, I keep we thinking probably you're give going him. more. <laughs> no, no, it's just throwing it in. Yeah, all right. Um, all right. Uh, you know, uh, let's, let's go to the next one. Um, craziest part of 2020, uh, the award for just anything weird of 2020. Um, I picked Adam Duvall's crazy home run streak. I just, that like, yeah. that was, seemed like it was never going to end and it, it kind of didn't. And he, he finished the year with 16, but he had a crazy, crazy streak where it was like every day Adam Duvall is just pounding the ball. Does Adam Duvall matter going into next year? And like, where is he going in? Where did he go in the mocks? I could see him being like Toronto's DH. He's not. He's only on one year contract, right? They didn't sign for anything longer than that. But like, I mean, I, I own Duvall in a in a dynasty league, the one with Cushing. And I, you know, I'm wondering, like, is there something? You know, just Rob and I picked him up off the wire. 
So is there any, like, is there any trade value there? Or is it something where you just got to hope he does it again and use his stats? He turns into a latter day Nelson Cruz. Seems like he was dialed in. He hits the ball hard. I think he's always hit the ball pretty hard. A lot of fly balls. And I don't think what he was doing back at his peak was a fluke at all, right? He was like a 240 guy, kind of a fringy 300 OBP, but almost a 500 slug, like a 30 home run guy that if he played good enough defense and hit kind of in that sixth spot in the order, that was okay. And he was, that's basically who he was again with the Braves this year. And he kind of was that guy in 2019 too. And I, I, I missed it, to be honest. I didn't really think much of part-time Adam Duvall, 130 plate appearances in 2019, hitting 10 home runs and yeah. doing typical Adam Duvall things. I I think he's basically a what you see is what you get, and he's the type of player where you are better off doing what you described, just holding as opposed to trying to deal him because nobody ever gets excited and gives you something you really want for a player like Duvall. Mm-hmm. But he exceeds expectations. And the early mocks... Based on the Smata tool, has him at 271 for an 80. Er, early, earliest he went was 230. It's higher than I thought it would be. Latest he went was 380. Really? Oh, yeah. I, that's not, wow. I mean, that's somebody to... that's if, if he's around at 270 as your fifth outfielder, I mean, I don't know, man. That's pretty good. Because if you look back to his years where he was playing every single day in 2016, 2017, 2016... With a 241 average, with an OPS around 800, he had 33 home runs, 103 RBI. Um, you know, that's pretty darn good for a fifth outfielder. And if he's turning that into something unique and special, I, I don't know. I just think there's something there. There's something there. You know, don't discount. And I, I only remember this because we had him in a dynasty league. Duvall's 2019 in the minors, he destroyed the ball early, especially the first half. And I was like, they're going to call him up because Duvall has like 15 home runs in May. It was something like that. Crazy. So this wasn't just like no. a 2020 thing. He was doing this in 2019 in the minors. That's a nice under-the-radar player for us. I mean, that's a nice player for under-the-radar listeners to sort of keep your eye on and see where you can grab him. Grab nice. him late. Uh, grab him late. Uh, Ian, who's yours? Craziest uh, part is, of 2020. Listen, I was all in on this guy coming into the season. Who, who or I what? Remember when, Sorry. Uh for me, it's Teoscar Hernandez because it just doesn't it, – It, I was high, right? I was trying to get him everywhere, but he kind of went above and beyond. I mean, if you look at what his numbers were for this past season, you know, in 190 at-bats, he did have some injury issues. He also had 16 home runs, 34 RBIs, and I mean, he. but he had 289, and he also stole six bases and only got caught once with an OBP in the, you know, mid-900s. That was a remarkable, and and now I've got to decide whether to sell him. You know, like is he is this going to happen again? I don't think it's going to to the same extent, but some people do. And you know, where, how high does he go? I mean, where where's Teoscar going in the Smata? I guess I need to look up the Smata. Yeah. <laughs> All roads lead back to the Smata thing. Too early, mock. Oh, I have it. Yeah, I have it. Kind of like where 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 do we have him? Too early, mock. Where where's Teoscar going? Mm. He's going 63. Pretty early. Yeah, yeah that's, 63. That's really high. I think what you see in Teoscar Hernandez in some ways is kind of a younger Adam Duvall, like to be completely. No. Wait, clear no, about no, it. no. No, I don't I can't you can't. No. 
No, he's got more speed. He runs more. I mean, if you extrapolate, good word, that he, we're looking at 20 stolen bases to go along with it. Duvall's not bringing that. And he also hit 289. And Duvall's not doing that. Uh, I, just, I see the 2018 and 2019, the longer runs with the 230 average, the low yeah. 300 OBP, the high K rate, the okay walk rate. Like the, I don't know. I No, I agree. That's, that, I mean, that's, that's my what, fear. My, my fear is that Hernandez basically is the same guy. Yeah, a handful of steals over, I mean, six in 50 games makes, makes it possible for him to get to that 20, right? That's, yeah. that's in the range. But... If the OBP goes back to the low 300 range, that takes away a few opportunities. I, I'm definitely not in on the price from the two early mocks. There's right zero chance I'm drafting that combination of skills from a player that early. But that's crazy. It was crazy because there was a period there where it was just insane. He was like the best player in the AL East for a while. I agree. Yeah. All right. Cool. DVR. Uh, what was your uh, craziest part of 2020? I mean, I was sure that the Marlins and Cardinals outbreaks were going to end the season. Like, how how did we come back from that? How did the league continue to move forward? How did they get the games in to the point where the Cardinals with all the doubleheaders and the Marlins even making the playoffs is still just bananas, even with 16 teams getting in. But there was a point, it was probably the first Friday or second Friday of the season, it felt like by Monday the season was going to be on pause and if the season went on pause it probably wasn't going to be finished because we were going to be looking at 40 games or less right so to me that's always going to be the biggest twist the biggest surprise that we finished a season even a partial season yeah with those two outbreaks happening as early as they did with those being not just one or two players but several players across the entire roster that was crazy. Like 18 Marlins have tested positive. Like, what? What is going on here? It man? was amazing. That really was amazing. And tip of the hat to you, uh, Nando, because you were in on these Marlins, and they won the first round too. They made it to the second round of the playoffs. I know. I'm very proud of it's my Marlins. It's really something. You you should be. Yeah. There you you were you were touting them the whole time. There was something there. Elise Hernandez. If he would have stayed healthy, they would have won the World Series. <laughs> and then you said, "Yeah, <laughs> all right." <laughs> uh, Anyway, uh, so I was going to do a favorite podcast, but we know the answers to that one. So we skip ahead to... Uh, do we? I think uh, we know DVR's answer. I know mine. I know mine too. It's this one. Under the Radar. Under the Radar. Part of the fantasy baseball, the, the athletic fantasy baseball network. <laughs> yes. Uh, guy I'm going to try and sneak through in 2021. The award for the guy I'm going to try and sneak through in 2021. DVR, uh, you take the, take the lead on this one. I like Miguel Andujar. I, I think there's a good chance he's getting traded, and oh. you know, the Yankees are going to bolster some other part of their roster in the process, and that's that's the appeal. I think he's going to play every day somewhere. He's too good of a hitter to not play somewhere, even though there are defensive concerns. The wrinkle in 2021 is that Andujar should qualify in the outfield in pretty much all leagues. Mm, how many did he have in the outfield? I want to say it was seven, which is the cutoff in a lot of leagues. It is right? not the cutoff, man. It is ten. Ten is the cutoff. That's ten is CBS. One site. One no, site. it's also XFL that I'm doing. It's ten. Yahoo's oh, usually pretty God. loose, and I think ESPN, Yahoo maybe seeing the backlash loose. to ten, would be like, oh, we're seven. Here's the other stupid thing about the position eligibility rules. He played as much in the outfield as he did as he was a DH. Seven starts in the outfield, seven starts at DH. Also, six games at third base. So, 
if you play the field more than you DH, how could UT only be the final call on LSU? Because if you if you're under ten, um, you go, you revert to the previous year. It's where you played the most, though, and you played them equally outfield and DH. So you should have outfield eligibility. There is not a stink bug, but there is a red ant in my. <laughs> oh, that sounds. I'd rather have the stink bug. It's a tiny red ant, like the tiniest. And I'm so sorry, you are no longer with us, red ant. That is the end of you. You are in this tissue. Uh, and goodbye. Sorry, I had to put that in there since we do we do talk bugs on this show. That's One true. One of the highlights of the season yeah. for me was that stink bug. <laughs> that stink bug episode is still my favorite episode because it is the biggest laugh of the pandemic for me. It was such a strange sorry. thing. Uh, that was the best episode ever. I don't know. If, I don't know if that it was for All me. Right. Man, DVR made me laugh. I about peed my pants. Good to hear. All right. <laughs> yeah. Ian, who's the guy you're going to try and sneak through in 2021? I am not going to sneak this past Tim McLeod. But for those who have not heard, Ha Seung Kim has been, will be posted this offseason. If you have a chance to get Ha Seung Kim, grab it. To me, there's Torkelson, there's Austin Martin, there's Nick Gonzalez. Those are probably your top three picks. In this draft, maybe Zach Veen, but number five or number four, maybe even number three. And if you're competing, could he? Nah, probably not ahead of Austin Martin. But Ha Seung Kim is a really, really good fantasy player. He's gonna, he has the possibility of hitting 30 home runs coming over from Korea and 30 stolen bases. He also could bomb, but if he's, if, if he's available in NFBC drafts right now, I'm grabbing him in the early 200s. That's, that's actually a move that I would make. I'm with you on that, man. <laughs> That's, I like it, Ian. Um, mine's Jerickson Profar. He seems to have figured it out. Got the average yep. up. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was 2020 guy, full season before, but uh, it was good to see the average go up. And he actually got the average up from. It wasn't like he was 275, 260, 250, 270. He was wallowing in like the sub 200 level. And finish yep. with a nice average. So that's that's my sign that I think he figured it out. And, and let me just say one more thing about Jerks and Profar to just drive DVR crazy. One thing I noticed about Profar, I've never seen him more comfortable on a team. If you look at Texas, he was when he first came up, he was replacing Odor. He he was, you know, he he was sort of an odd man out on that team. They never really found a home. Then he goes to Oakland and he was sort of like the guest that they didn't really want, clearly. And then in San Diego, he made a home for himself. So I, I am a big believer in uh, Jerks and Profar. I really am. I, it's, you know, number one prospect. It's maybe someone else. Who, there was another guy who I always used to be like, well, you know, Profar was the number one prospect for a while uh, who hasn't figured it out yet. But can't think of him off the top yeah. of my head. I'm all in on Profar. I would take him. I would take him. Where would you take him, DVR, in an NFBC uh, 50-50 you know, one of those drafts, where would you take him? Or where do you think he goes? Uh, Profar is probably in the 200 to 250 range. I don't think he's going much earlier than that. Yeah, 227 is what he is in the in the Justin Mason uh, Samada list. 227 with a high of 169. That must have been uh, Nando. And a low of 322. I haven't done any yet. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Love it. I'm a fan. Ooh, Jared Walsh. Why doesn't he hit the ball harder? To just disappoint you? Yeah, I, I, I just, I don't, I don't want to have this vendetta against <laughs> you and or Jerks Profar, but <laughs> it's true. 
He does a bunch of things I like. He doesn't strike out a lot. He draws enough walks. He doesn't hit the ball on the ground at an overwhelming or alarming sort of clip. He just doesn't hit the ball hard. And and I like the fact that he's been an efficient base dealer now three years in a row. He was 10 for 10 in his last season in Texas. He was 9 for 10 in his only season with Oakland. And he was 7 for 8 this year in San Diego. Yeah. That's nice. That's that's, good. good. It's a good little boost to have. I think he's going to play every day. So I'm not worried about playing time, but I think he's just kind of a does everything well, doesn't necessarily exceed expectations in any one category. Those are nice players to have. I am going to be buying him this year. All right. Very much. Me too. All in. Uh, Man, we're only on number seven. Okay, let's (laughs) let's keep it moving. The player I changed my view on completely this season. uh, So DVR put it's a surprise down, so we'll get to him last. Uh, I had Trent Grisham. Nando, you go first. I had Trent Grisham. Yeah. I thought if you looked at Trent Grisham's minor league numbers, like you knew the steals were there. Um, you knew the, the on-base percentage was there, so I assumed that the batting average would you know, kind of get there a little bit, even though he definitely did not hit for a good batting average for a few years in the minors there. But the power, like for the first time the power popped up in 2019, uh, almost out of nowhere. Um, you know, there weren't a ton of doubles before that that kind of said, oh, it's developing. Um, but man, like he did it. He was, t- I mean, a 10 10 guy this year was, you know, that's your 30 30 guy any other year. So, uh, man, I, like Trent Grisham, I, I think, I think I'm going to be on a lot more. I think that power's for real. And I'm not sure if, if everybody's on that yet. And I'm not sure if people saw the power and just kind of discounted the steals. But Trent Grisham seems to be doing it all. And he's doing it at a very young age. And I think while everyone's going hard on Kyle Allen, I might just slink back and, and grab Trent Grisham for half the price. That's my feel. I think he'll go for half the price. I haven't looked at Kyle Lewis. Uh, Kyle, Kyle yeah, sorry, Lewis, Kyle yes. Lewis. Yeah, sorry, Kyle Lewis. I go back to I'll take Randy or Rosarena ahead of Trent Grisham. I think we have a bet on that. Didn't we bet that two weeks ago where I said I'm going to – who took that bet? Was it you, that DVR? Had to be DVR. He's the Randy or Rosarena guy. No, no, no. I want Rosarena in the bet, and somebody took Grisham. Maybe it was you, Nando. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go against a Rosarena. All right. I think it was two weeks ago. So, uh, Chris, if you want to pull that up. Oh, come on, um, man. <laughs> just for, I, I'm pretty sure I made a bet with somebody about that two weeks ago because uh, I do like this a Rosarena, dude. Oh, my God. I mean, that's like saying I like ice cream. I mean, of course, everyone likes them. Uh, my guy who I changed my view on completely is Trevor Story. And and look, I, I had never owned him ever, really. And I traded for him mid-season uh, in DVR's Maki League. And actually, I, I bought him as a, as a rebuild just because of his contract and ended up going back and competing with Dr. Thomas. And we ended up finishing second in a 16-team league. But part of the reason we finished second was because of Trevor's story and his stolen bases. I mean, look, in 59 games, he had 11 home runs. So that's great, right? That's really great. That'll extrapolate to 28. But he also had 289 average. Fantastic. But he had 15 stolen bases. I mean, that's that's a he that's a game changer, man. 15 stolen bases. So um, Trevor Story is a guy that I've always been down on, always looked at as a you know I think a Troy Tulowitzki part two. But I, I've changed my my thinking on him, and he's now for me uh, a top 10 uh, dynasty asset. DVR, you got a big surprise for us. I think I've moved a little on Profar, but I've moved further with Lourdes Gurriel. Uh, I think he's a guy that I know you liked him, Nando. Ian, I forget where you were on I was Lourdes never, Gurriel. I was never. It was always Nando. Yeah, so that was a, a Nando guy that I just looked at and said, yeah, he hit home runs in a half season, and it, 
it all looks okay on the surface, but maybe he strikes out too much, doesn't walk quite enough. I, I was too fixated on the things he doesn't do well, and he actually got better. He lowered the K rate, bumped up the walk rate a little bit, makes enough hard contact to, to support the power, right? I, I just think this is between... Teoscar Hernandez and, and Lourdes Gurriel, I actually believe a little more in Gurriel, and he's a little bit cheaper too. So he is cheaper. I'm gonna have if I'm gonna have one of those guys, it's Gurriel. Just to clarify though, when you say believe, um, you're not saying like you like him better, really. You're saying you are you saying more and I don't want to put words in your mouth, so correct me if I'm wrong. No, I think you're saying you like him better. Are you saying you like him better? Better than Hernandez at the price, yeah. Right, but I'm saying like if you put the two of them together, same price, same everything, you still think Hernandez is the better player or no? I don't know if he does. I, th- I think I think I'd like Guriel a little better. And one See? of the things that right. makes a difference is defensive value drives playing time. I think Teoscar Hernandez is not a defender, and Lourdes Guriel at least is a little bit of a defender. Well, I think he won the He's Gold a good Glove arm, too. So. Guriel didn't Guriel win the Gold Glove this year? Am I way out ahead of that? Uh, that is way beyond my paying attention zone. So <laughs> maybe they haven't even announced it yet. <laughs> so I should shut up. Maybe a finalist though. Yeah, I think. Well, I don't know. I I just remembered seeing something about that and and thinking. I, yeah, no, I was I was wrong on Guriel. I was I I don't own him anywhere. And you know, he he he's something. Those numbers are impressive. Yeah, he is a, a finalist with Gordon and Kyle Tucker. Wow. Yep, that's right. Okay. Whew. All right, Ian. Okay. I thought, I thought I nice. Had, yeah, I thought. I, so listen, I don't have to figure out who, what defense is going to play this week. So I I do pay attention to this stuff. I mean, this is all, you know, I, I, I have filtered out all football on my Twitter. So all I see is the baseball. That's good. I'm happy for you. Yeah. Thank but you. But I still think you'd enjoy it. Yeah, probably right. Uh, this is the time of the show when we come to the Pediatrician of the Year Award. Uh, DVR refused to fill this out. I don't know what he has against. Seriously, I don't know what, why, why not? Well, he doesn't, you know, I guess we should ask him the vet of the year. But Pediatrician of the Year, Nando, who do you got? Uh, Dr. Thomas Scott for me. Great guy. Listen, I cannot. So I mean, my I'm coaching little league. You guys know that, right? And we're working on the three rules, which is now the four rules. Um, and what's number I have four? Two, like wear a mask. Always wear, always wear your mask. <laughs> Rule number one: have fun. Rule number two: focus on every pitch. Rule number three: respect yourself, your teammates, your opponent, and the umpire. Rule number four: always wear your mask. So you know the team was kind of a you know struggling at the beginning of the season. And now we just played the semifinal game. And the day before the game, I get a text message from, I have two like really good players, great pitchers, all around great players, right? I have other good players, but these two are two of the stars of the league of the, you know, it's a 14 league. There's probably eight stars. I've got two of them. One of them broke his toe the day before the semifinal game or what we thought was a broken toe. So I get the picture. I send it to Dr. Thomas Scott. Dr. Thomas Scott's like, yo, that's trouble. And he's like, you better get an x-ray on that. It may be a broken toe. He then, I consulted, I spent more time on the phone with Dr. Thomas Scott over the course of these last three days than than in a long time because he has been sort of, he's been my Gene Monaghan for the Yankees trainer. And we ended up winning the game 1-0 in a six-inning game. And we're playing in the finals on Saturday if the rain chills out. Uh, and and turns out the young man is going to be back for that game. Hey, so look at that. Yeah, it's pretty good. So he'll come in and close for our, our starter who went six innings in 76 pitches and was absolutely dominant. So who's your pediatrician of the year? <laughs> Dr. Thomas <laughs> Scott. He was it before, but you know he really came in handy this week in footy, in towy. 
Sorry, that was terrible. That was, I uh, regret it as soon as I said it. Right. Yeah, it was really bad. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, Derek Van Riper, uh, you're just going to pass? No vote? I mean, I don't have kids, but Dr. Thomas Scott is great. He gets my vote, so I think it's going to be a sweep. Look at that. Atta First boy. one. Attaboy. He'll be pretty you know excited. What? You know why I love Dr. Thomas Scott, aside from the fact that he's a great doctor and he's helping out Ian? I love the fact that he appreciates Costco. Oh. And that's not... It's not universal love on yeah, this podcast. It's really not. It is not. And it's, and it's no. a, it is not. And it shows a definite lack on the person who does not like Costco, as he calls it. He calls it Costco. Dr. Thomas Scott sent us all three a message on Twitter this week showing how he had just signed up and how grateful he is for Costco. I don't think he just signed I. up. I think he was posing in front of the sign up window. Let me. Let me give you a little under you, the radar you think for Dr. Cost. Thomas Scott set up a fake photo opportunity. Yes, he's trying to oh, that's, that's when you Costco when you walk membership. in, you pass it. So maybe he's like, hey, let me send a picture to the guys. Yeah. All right. Let me put let me throw a little under the radar love. And I mean this like something under the radar. Our show is under the radar about under the radar players. We tell you the good guys, the Luke Voigts, the Tiosco Hernandez's, the uh the Lourdes Guriels, the, the Profars. At Costco, here's the best thing at Costco. Go get it. The chicken noodle rotisserie soup. It only comes out for like six months out of the year. That stuff is the best. It's like eight bucks for like a gallon of the best chicken noodle soup you're ever going to have. Booyah. And where do you find it? Costco. Yeah, but I mean like where? I told you. It's, it's in the section where the Caesar salad is. I went in last week and I bought nine. <laughs> and threw back all area. That's... <laughs> Nine, <laughs> well, nine yes. tubs of the soup? Nine tubs of the soup. Froze five of them. Because I don't go into Costco. Does Costco auto-renew? Like, do I have to keep an eye on when this is going to renew? It'll auto-renew. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Right, It'll auto-renew. All right. Oh, God. You better look out. I'm going to sign you up. For, I'm going to sign you up for Mount Vernon. Let's not even get into Mount Vernon. Let's not even get into Mount Vernon right now. Nando's going to cancel, but all of the listeners out there are going to upgrade to the executive membership. So it's all fine. It's their loss. I cannot. You can go to Walmart cannot, and get everything for free. Yeah, listen, free. Well, I mean, they don't have to I pay cannot, a membership. Yeah, I cannot endorse the executive membership, but I wholeheartedly endorse the. Uh, and and maybe next week or in two weeks, because we're not doing a show next week. In two weeks, what we can do is maybe bring out like our top five Costco bargains. And I'm going to tell you what's at number one is the. Rotisserie chicken noodle soup made in house. Yeah, that's healthy too. Since you guys decided to fawn all over Costco, uh, we're running out of time, and we have several categories left. Do we hold them for the next time? I don't know. It's up to you, man. The next time's going to be in two weeks. Well, I'm not going to forget. It'll give me well, more man, time to handle this. It's up to you. It's up to you. DVR. Uh, what, yeah, what do you want to do? Should DVR. Should we just... Let's go. It's okay if it's a 70 minute podcast. It's all fine. Okay. Oh, let's go. What have you done to the our DVR? <laughs> Return our DVR, please. Yeah, oh my God. Where has he gone? <laughs> 70 minutes. My God. This is a new Bring relaxed it. DVR. All right. Player who will be on all my teams in 2021. Go to DVR first. All right, let's go, go to, to well, he hasn't first. filled his out yet. I, don't know. I know, that's all why. Right, DVR, go. Make it, make it tough one. You're putting me on the spot, huh? Well, uh, not really. You got this last night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to draft Wander Franco everywhere. Are you serious? The, wow. Yes, right. because, okay, so here. The light bulb moment was thinking about the flaws of this Rays team, talking about them day after day after day in the playoffs, and thinking about the way this team was built, the swing and miss they had in their lineup, and their putrid offense that cost them the World Ooh, Series, not Kevin Cash and his management of Blake Snell in Game 6. That didn't cost them the World Series. What cost the Rays the World Series was an offense that had too much swing and miss in it, 
and not enough consistent offensive production. They have a hitter in their system, we've all heard of, Wander Franco, who's going to bring a floor kind of like the Juan Soto floor. Probably not at that level, right? But he's going to show up from day one, and he's going to hit. And he's going to change a lot about the complexion of the lineup just by being a guy that puts a ton of balls in play and is a borderline elite hitter from the jump. And I think back to, was it three years ago, four years ago, when Ronald Acuna came up for the first time in draft season, I think he was probably a pick Mm -hmm. 90 to pick 110 sort of guy in snake drafts. Franco's probably going a little cheaper than that. He's going 176. 100 times out of 100. He will be on all of my teams because I think they realize they need to install him as a fixture in their lineup just a few days into the 2021 season. So I will have him everywhere. Is he wow. someone they kind of they jerk around? You think? Right. He's somebody they don't bring up till May 2nd. He's someone they bring up the first possible day that they preserve the extra year of control, or they try to do the Luis Roberts or Luis Robert. I honestly don't know the preferred pronunciation at this point because everyone's in my head about it. <laughs> but they're... they're <laughs> They're going to bring him up as soon as they possibly can, and he's going to play every day. Like, well, wow. I, I know the Rays platoon in a lot of spots. That's what I'm that's worried not about. Going to be one of them. They're they're not messing with. Where him. is he going to play? Second base or shortstop. You're going to either move Adames into a utility role, no. or you're going to move Brandon Lau to the outfield, no. or you're going to trade that somebody. Maybe. That 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 maybe. Yeah. They they there's the, the the how they do it is is irrelevant. They're going to do it. They're going to make him a fixture. You're gonna have to pay up for him. Pick 150 or so. I'll take that no, risk every no single way. time. He's, he's gonna Dude, be. He's right a, now at 176. No way that'll last. He'll be in the top 100 by the time March rolls around. So the key then is to draft as many early leagues as possible if you want. <laughs> there you go. If he's gonna get if he's gonna get up to like 75 or 80, if he gets up into that <sighs> Luis Robert range, it does become a lot more difficult. But the 150 range? Why not? So wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are we saying, are you saying that at the end of next season, he's going to be a top 70 player? End of next season, top 70 player, yes. In, for 2021, he'll be a top 70 player? Yes. Okay. Chris, I'll take the, I'll take the. <laughs> we under. have access to, the, we can do this ourselves. Nah, it's more fun to call Chris. Chris. At least shout out baseball pods. Baseball baseball pods, my man, will you please put that I do not think he's going to be a top 70 player? Thank you so much. I do not. Ian, be- why, what, is, what is your greatest concern or what are your greatest concerns? Why is that not going to happen? The Rays. I could see him waiting until June 2nd. And then this isn't Desmond Jennings, dude. Like this, no, this is I not understand, that but this is also, but, but this is also, not only is it not Desmond Jennings, <laughs> But this is also the Tampa Bay Rays, who has 14,000 people in the stands every night. And they are on the money ball, old school Oakland A's. Like, we got to do this on the cheap. To wait till June 2nd and to just keep Wendell at third and Blau at second and Sitsugo in, you know what I'm saying? Like, they won't need him. They'll want him for the playoffs. I get that. But you bring him up June 2nd, you're saving yourself $10 million over the course of the next seven years. Now, if he does become a Louis Robert situation and he signs an eight-year deal or something like that, that's it. it changes the equation. I just don't see the Tampa Bay Rays going about it in that way. Also, I don't trust the Tampa Bay Rays. Also, you're counting on the fact that 
um, Franco is going to come out the, the gate that hot. I just don't see it. I, it, it no, no, wait, hold on. It's not that I don't see it. That's not right. There are so many variables that could make that less likely that it goes under 50% for me and why it's is an exciting bet for me and why after what you just said, everyone's going to be drafting Wander Franco. looks like I'm not going to get him anywhere, which is kind of sad. How about all that? All right. I don't know. Where are you? Nando, you got to pick, man. You got to choose. I know. I just tried to take a shot at Nando with the Desmond Jennings reference in there. I, <laughs> Why, wait, am I associated with Des- Desmond, Jen- Desmond Jennings guy? <laughs> I feel like you would be a Desmond Jennings guy. <laughs> Actually, well, I was. I very of much course. was. Of course he yes. was. Of course. Yes. Of course he I mean, was. I was too. I thought Desmond Jennings was going to be awesome. Yeah, no, I was never in on yeah. Desmond Jennings. Nope. Uh, it's, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I really don't know what... Like I, I actually, so I love DVR's analysis of getting Wanda Franco too. at his current at his current price. Yeah, I don't know how high I'd be willing to go, but I do believe he'll have a good year. But I mean, like you know, the- wait. Do you believe he? It's a simple bet. Do you believe at the end of the season by CBS, let's say he'll be top he'll, seventy? Top seventy. Do you think he will or he won't? Acuna sure was. I don't know because it's the Rays. Like I wish it was a normal <laughs> right? team. I if wish it was, it was a normal team. If it was any other team, almost I would say yes. Yeah, that's good. Well, that's possibly good yes, but the fact that it's the Rays, I'm I'm pretty strong on my no, and I'll be wrong. And I'm wrong a lot. I was wrong on Craig Kimbrell. I'm wrong on Chris Bryant. I'm wrong a lot. But that's a big mistake. I mean, that's that's a mistake to make that could cost you a title, middle infielder with that kind of skill who could, you know, come up from May until well, assuming that there's a May from May until you know September and just dominate. Yeah, I just don't. I mean, even Soto at his best was not that much of a game changer for me. Yeah, that's true. In but he was an outfielder. Year. Yeah, I, I look. It's a. I. I am. Here's what's fun. Rarely do you hear DVR so passionate. I know. And and the fact that he's so passionate uh, is is awesome. And I'm really excited to see if I'm right or wrong um, at the end of the at the end of the run. All right. So I'm just gonna pretend that I gave an answer and sneak off to the next one. No, no, no. I you don't know, get, so you no, know what? Share your guys' answers. Let's go. I yeah, honestly think that I will get him more in auctions than I will in drafts. And I don't know why my head operates differently. You know, I, I guess I save my money for middle rounders. Uh, I don't go too hard on stars and scrubs. That's just the way I've always played auctions. So I think I'll have money left over or money in the bank or money that will make him a more gettable asset. Than if I had just had to pick one guy, one guy, one guy, one that guy. That makes sense. Drafts. Also, yeah. Joe Adele, I think, is in my head a little bit. Because with Joe Adele this year, it was a similar question, right? And he was far from a top 70 player. Now, Adele is not as good as Franco. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that we and, – and it's sort of season. Everything's different, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, that's that's just what I wanted to say. And, and we do we probably do have to wrap, unfortunately, because we are at the 70-minute mark. And I got one thing I got to do before the 1 o'clock mark. Okay. <laughs> All right. I got a wife. I, got <laughs> I a guess wife we're going to go. I got a wife. Well, no, look, can we finish this one? Because I want to say who's going to be on all my teams in 2021. I just want to say this. I think it's pretty obvious. Okay, everyone, <laughs> just give us a second. Everyone write this down on a piece of paper. You know who it's going to be. Go ahead. Luke Voigt is going to be on all my teams in 2021. Actually, the reality is Luke Voigt is not going to be on all my teams in 2021 because everyone knows that Luke Voigt is on all my teams all the time. And after what he just did, I'm not going to get him for eight bucks like I did in 2020. So I think Voigt ends up going for 23, 24 in in a 15-team auction, and I probably won't pay that. I'll go find the next Luke Voigt. But uh, I just wanted to say that Luke Voigt will be on all my teams just so Glenn Colton bids more. There it is. All right, Give we got to go. Give yours. Eat. No, no. Give yours. And then we go. 
Ian's got a thing. <laughs> See, that's, already, oh, that's such crap. Shogo, <laughs> Shogo Akiyama. Uh, is, I, I think that he very quietly had the streak that's hidden in his numbers toward the end of the year. Uh, his steals are going to look nice, and I think that kind of works against keeping his price low. But he was hitting, man, for, for a while there, for like, I want to say like 17, 18 days. Shogo Akiyama has like this, just go and look at his numbers, look at his game log, has this run where he was really good and he brought up his average, he brought up his OBP and he very obviously and kind of loudly brought up his steals. But, um, you know, if he comes back and he's going to be that leadoff hitter for a Reds lineup that still should be pretty good, uh, you know, over a full season, that's like a 110 run guy with, I don't know, maybe 20 steals, 25 steals upside and probably pretty good average. Can I give it, can I give a downside there on Akiyama? Please. Yeah, that's a good way to that's a good way to end the show. Sorry about that. It's just no power. <laughs> There's just no power there. Zero. Yeah, but I don't runs. need that. Are you sure? Well, you well, do if I'm getting get 110 your, runs. You do get your 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 judges and your Stantons. I mean, like you get your big boppers always. So maybe you can't afford that. And maybe he did figure it out. So I don't know. I drafted him in Maki this past year in the second round, and I was really excited about him. And he just just did not provide but maybe you you'll get him cheap i mean let's see where he is shogo akiyama um he's going 431 so you're you should be fine all right at 431 yeah i think i'll be all right i think i'll be able to get him yeah i think he will sneak him through i'll take him around 300 just to be sure quick question real quick do you guys like carter keyboom i have people trying to give him to me (coughs) smart people and they're just like take him and i'm like well i don't have room but is there any upside there for Carter Keeboom, DVR? It's not looking great. <laughs> it's uh, He didn't barrel a single ball this season. Okay, wait, what? So, he didn't barrel a single ball? Zero, zero barrels. He had 67 batted balls, and he barreled zero of them. That's not good. That's really not so good. So he's now two for 90 on barrels on batted balls since coming up in 2019. Playing time got jerked around a lot again. That's still... Ugh, that's still a problem. He draws walks. I don't know. I, I, he doesn't run. No home runs. Is he going to be a nat? Like, or is he a guy they're going to trade? Is he going to be the rare like young player that is in a position of need that gets traded away because they just don't like? I him? just want to say this: at the end of your fifty player Carter Keyboom, if he's available in the four fifties, and you're like, ah, I could get whoever I want here. Oh well, Carter Keyboom's here. Maybe he'll come back. Do that because he might. I mean, it's a buy lowest because there's lowest. there's no <laughs> buy lowest. Yeah, there's no tangible skill that stands out other than walk rate. Like, that's not a lot to cling to at this point. No, that's true. So I, I think you know if you're getting offers, people are trying to give them away in a deep league. Sure, take that chance. I'm still not sure what I'm doing redraft wise with him in 2021 though because I don't think there's guaranteed playing time in a situation where I would have said going into 2020, Keyboom has a really good chance of taking the job and running with it. Okay. You good? I'm good. Right. I'm great. That was fun, Let's guys. get out of here. That was fun, guys. Thank you. And thanks to our listeners for listening. And uh, reach out to us. I'm at IanCon4 on Twitter. I thought you were going to give all of our hands. I, I don't know it all. We got hands, some weird so. pauses today, Ian. What's I'm going sorry on? about that. I think I'm out of practice. <laughs> also, I'm doing a two man booth now with, with on the on the politics show, and so that makes it a little bit more complicated. I understand. Well, all right, let's not give our my, mine and TVR is just our names, not on a Fino Derek on Riper. 
Right. So for me, I've got two because of my life. So Ian at Ian Khan, don't follow that because that's not going to be what you're looking for. At Ian Khan 4, you're going to see uh, more of the fantasy baseball world. There you go. Thank you for letting everybody know that. Yeah. Just in case. All right. Yeah. On, on to the next thing. We got to go. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Congratulations to Dr. Thomas Scott, the first unanimous winner of the uh, Under the Radar Awards. Um, we got a few left. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. But we got to go now. For the man who is a king of early season ADPs, Derek Get wander now while you still can. For the defender of nerdy high schoolers with hot sisters everywhere, Ian Kai. <laughs> that apparently is me. <laughs> I'm not in Fino. Thank you all for joining us. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you later. Good talk. Good talk. Bye.